Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Hey, before we dive into today's episode, did you know that the Fearless You monthly coaching program has finally launched? So if you're looking to dream big, live with more intention and take things to the next level, all with the support of me and a fantastic community, make sure to check out dreambigmyfriend.com forward slash fearless you. I genuinely cannot wait to work with you inside this super affordable membership group. And until then, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to this episode, my friend. How are you all going? So this episode today is all about things that you might not know about me. They're things that I don't think I've shared before, at least not on this podcast. And I'm doing it in the spirit of sharing because I feel like when we share stories with each other, it allows us to connect on a deeper level. And that's what I'm hoping to do is for you to really understand me on a deeper level because I feel like then it just makes what this podcast is all about, dreaming big, is understanding where I'm coming from. So I'm going to start with number one. A lot of people don't know that we have my in-laws, which is my husband's parents, living with us. So what we've actually done in our home is created or built a granny flat for my in-laws to live with us. And we've been together for 10 years so far. And a lot of people might hear that and go, oh, I could never live with my in-laws. But I'm not kidding when I say my in-laws are just the best. And I want to share with you how this even came about. So for me, my grandparents were in Croatia when I was growing up and I didn't get a chance to like spend a lot of time with them at all. I think I met my grandfather, one of my grandfathers, my paternal grandfather just once. I was only one, so I feel like that doesn't count. And it wasn't until I was 12 that I got to go back overseas and spend a summer with them. It was like four months of total bliss. And that was when I got to spend time with my grandparents and I realized what it was. It was such a gift to be able to spend time with them. And I felt like growing up that I wanted my kids to have this opportunity that I didn't have. I didn't get to spend my days with my grandparents taking care of me. And I wanted that so much for my own kids. So when they were older, I've always just tried to maintain really strong family relationships with my both sets of grandparents. So we see my parents every week. We live within 20 minutes of my parents. And my in-laws lived a little bit further away. I think they were 30 minutes away before. But I so badly wanted to have my children grow up in an environment where it just reminds me of like that village lifestyle. I lived in a village over in Croatia when I finished uni. And just to be able to like see your loved ones all the time, I thought that would be like the coolest thing in the world. So it was something that I really wanted to make happen in our own life. Um, Having them nearby now, like do you know how cool it is for my kids to see their grandparents all the time, for their grandparents to be part of their life? I feel like it is such a gift. Like we pop in all the time. The grandparents are in and out. We're always visiting. We have such great relationships. They're so fantastic. And for me, it really cements the fact that family is everything and your grandparents don't live forever. So for me to be able to give my children, I feel like it's the biggest gift you can have is to spend time with your grandparents who love you so much and to see them every day. It's for me, it's like, I think it's like one of my greatest achievements is maintaining these really strong relationships with our family and for them to have that blessing of being able to see their grandparents all the time. And now for the second thing that you might not know about me is that I think that grades are not indicative of success. And I also don't think that uni is for everyone. 
So by uni, I mean university or college, and it might seem quite ironic that I'm actually sharing that as a truth about me because I actually went to university. I was, what I think, the first person from my family. Everyone grew up overseas, and I was the first one to go to university and get a degree. So I have a degree in psychology. I've got a diploma in journalism. And I've also spent my life just being totally thirsty for knowledge. So I have my certification as a coach and I've done so many more trainings over the years. So it might seem crazy to you. Here I am like talking about the fact that grades aren't everything. And I want to share with you why I think that is true. Well, for me, I have a dad who finished school at year six level. My mom went to year eight. That's just the way things were back then. And yet, even though my dad finished school in year six, Can you just imagine like what that is now, like grade six, finishing school and going off into the world? He still achieved amazing success. He was financially free and he retired at age 49. And he's been such a really good role model for me because he taught me that sometimes just having paper that says that you graduated from school doesn't really mean as much as resilience does and determination. So for me, with my own kids, of course, I'm going to encourage them to go to university if that's what they want to do. But if they had different dreams, if they wanted to travel, if they wanted to start their own business, I would be behind them 100% because I really think that ultimately, even if you are the smartest kid in school, you aren't going to get far in life if you don't have that determination because knowledge and like being able to memorize facts, that's one thing. But to go out there and have that drive and determination and passion to actually create and achieve something special in this world, those require different qualities that aren't always measured in school. I feel like school's really good at measuring how you memorize things and how good your memory is. Whereas to achieve success, it depends more on your character and your personality traits. So if you have a kid that doesn't look on paper as if they're going to achieve massive success in their life, that is not to, like, it's not determined by their report cards. There is more to life than the report cards your kids are getting at school. And so that is definitely a truth that I believe that grades are not indicative of success. There's so many more qualities that we have inside us that are going to determine how we go in life. And now the third truth that you might not know about me, and this is a weird one, but I don't actually ever use my dishwasher. I've never used my dishwasher. I've always had a dishwasher in my house. Never have I used and I also don't own a dryer. Now, you're probably wondering why you're crazy. Why don't you use it? Well, for me, I actually find washing dishes really therapeutic. I feel like not having a dryer is trying to be a little bit environmentally conscious. I like hanging washing up on a line. I sometimes like doing things the old school way. So when I lived overseas, like I hand washed everything. Back then, we didn't have, we didn't even use a washing machine. I had that. I don't even know what you call it. It's like that board. It was a washboard. I washed things with soap and water. Like I had two little tubs and I would do it all myself. And because of that, there's ways that I can be live really simply now. That is what I always aim to do. For me, personally, I like living simply. I don't need life to be complicated. And so for me to put things in a washing machine and hang it up to dry, that is so easy for me. I hang them up inside. I have these little clothesline dryers, like portable ones that I leave inside. When it's raining, it's never been an issue for me. People are always surprised when they hear it because it's like, you know, I always try to be productive and you would think that sticking things into the dishwasher and putting things into a dryer would just be the most productive way. But it doesn't have to be that way because I am really productive in my life and yet I still do things simply sometimes. And now for the fourth thing that you might not know about me. So when I finished high school, I actually was torn between being a teacher 
and been a psychologist. So I ended up studying psychology, which I do not regret, but there was always this part of me that wanted to be a teacher. And so when my kids were, my eldest daughter was in year two, they go to a Catholic school and we were at a mass and they were looking for scripture teachers, okay? Because in our public school system here in Australia, you actually don't learn anything to do with religion unless the teacher comes from outside to teach it to you. And so when they were putting out a word that they needed someone to come and be a scripture teacher or they needed volunteers to do this in the local public school system, my daughter said to me, can you do it? And I was like, okay, I think this, I think this is my chance. Like I get to fulfill something that I'd always wanted to do, which is to be a teacher. And that was something that I did for nine years. I went and taught scripture at the local primary school. I've taught all different grades from kindy up until year six. I think my main grades were around the second graders and the third graders. And I absolutely loved going there. I was a volunteer, but I did it because I loved serving the community. I feel like there's so much value to when you give to others and give of your time. And especially for me, because that was a passion of mine to teach young children. I absolutely love that age group. I love when they look at you and you can have that ability to impact them. The kids look to you for guidance and information. And I just, my goal was always to inspire them and to love them and to appreciate them and to help them understand that they have so much potential in this world. I wanted every kid to feel loved and accepted and to believe in their own potential. And that was something that I was privileged enough to do for nine years. And now for the next thing that you might not know about me is that I get seasonal affective disorder. So my whole life, every time winter comes around, I just start to feel really blah. I don't know how else to say it. Generally, my motivation is really high throughout every other month of the year. When it's warm, I am, you know, working at my potential and then winter rolls around and it sort of goes so flat, like obviously flat. And so that's something I have to work on on my own personal growth during the winter months is to look at how I can maintain my motivation and how I can stay inspired, even when the weather is like totally cold and the clouds are, you know, out And it's so ironic because here in Sydney, the weather's actually not that bad in winter. I do not know how I would go in any other country because winter's pretty mild here. But even still, when it is summer or when the months are really warm, I'm just, I love it. That is when I thrive. And then the winter months come and I just have to really, you know, stay on top of it, make sure that I'm conscious of the fact that that's when I start to feel a little bit down and I have to work a little bit harder to stay motivated and to feel really inspired. And that's something that I've dealt with probably my whole life and I'm conscious of the fact that it has the ability to impact my mood and my motivation, but I'm always looking for ways to overcome those obstacles and challenges that I face when it comes to those winter months. So if you experience seasonal affective disorder, just know that you're not alone. Like I know what it feels like. It's pretty crap, but it's only three months of the year and then my mood instantly just feels like it's been uplifted once the sun starts to shine again. And now for the final truth that you might not know about me, and I know this is a weird one, but it was on my list. I put it on a list and I thought, why don't I just talk about the fact that I really appreciate money. Now, lots of people don't like to have conversations about money, but one of the really quirky things that I do is if I see any money lying around, like if someone in the house leaves a five cent piece or a $1 coin or something like that, I will pick it up and I will give it a little kiss and I will put it in my pocket and say, thank you for coming into my life. And I feel like people actually don't look at their relationship with money enough in life. So how does money make you feel? So for me, I see it as a gift. I see it as freedom. Like when you have money come into your life, 
I personally feel like it provides you with opportunities. And that's why I'm so grateful for the fact that we have the ability to earn money. We have limitless potential when it comes to money, but you have to feel really great about it. And that's why I do quirky things like that. I'm not going to go and kiss a coin that I find on the street by, you know, on a random thing, but I'll pick it up and still say thank you. So for me, I've always just tried to have a really good relationship with money and just be conscious of it, conscious of appreciating it, not speaking badly about it, not worrying about it. And because worry in, indicates that you're having a lack of faith, like that you believe that it's limited. When the truth is money is everywhere, it is freely exchanged and it's often provided to you as a result of the value that you provide to the world. So the more value that you give to the world, the more money that you have the ability to earn. So that is something that I'm trying to encourage my kids to understand, not to be scared about it. So if a bill comes at home, I don't ever go, oh, you know, I've got another bill. It's like, oh, that is so cool. I have the ability to pay for electricity. Or another bill might remind me of the fact that I can I can pay for flowing water, running water in the house. Those are things that don't scare me. Like I don't ever get a bill and just freak out. Even when money was tighter, maybe right in the beginning years, I always saw it as a gift. We have the ability to earn as much money as we like if we are willing to put in the time and effort required to earn that money. It's all about providing value and we all have that potential. A lot of people get stuck in thinking that they're limited by their own money beliefs. And I have a whole episode about that in terms of like speaking about scarcity versus abundance. But for me, I'm going to appreciate all the money that comes into my life. I'm going to appreciate the fact that we have the ability to earn it. I really think that that is a gift. I want to raise my kids to feel the same way, to know that their potential is not limited and that I encourage you guys to do the same. So I just want to make it clear that when I speak about appreciating money, it's at all levels of income. So even when I was a university student and I used to work as a nanny, like whatever money I earned, I think I earned $7 an hour back then. I appreciated every cent that I had. And because I loved and appreciate the money that I was able to earn, even though it wasn't a massive amount, for some reason, it still accumulated. And I remember when I got to live overseas and back then I could live in Croatia. It was post-war back in like the 90s. I think I would spend a hundred dollars a week and that allowed me to, um, yeah, like it was our food, electricity, phone, petrol or gasoline, however you call it. But that amount, that small amount, I can't even imagine living on a hundred dollars a week now, but I was able to do that back then. And I loved and appreciated the ability for money to allow me to live this incredible life, even though I wasn't earning a massive amount back then. So I want you to understand that you don't need to earn a lot of money to love and appreciate what you have. Even if you are working on the side and you just have a small amount, you can still love and appreciate that. I have found that just loving and appreciating money has often meant that more money comes into my life. But even back when I was younger and it didn't, if that wasn't the case, I still made it work to my advantage. I still respected it. I still made sure that I used it on the things that I valued and I took care of it. And almost as a thank you, in return, money has taken care of me since then. So I feel like it has come from having that really good, strong relationship with money and loving and appreciating it from a very young age, no matter what I earn. And if you're having like weird thoughts come up when I'm speaking about this, I just want to take a look at your own limiting beliefs. Are you conscious of the fact that you could go out right now and start a new business and earn this new income stream? The opportunities are out there for people who believe in themselves, but it just takes more than just belief though. You have to also take action. And that probably brings me to a final truth that I probably am just coming up with this right now, but it's a great way to end this episode. 
And it's the fact that I probably always feel scared when I'm trying something new. I'm not going to pretend that I have no fear. Fear is something that probably has defined my life in that it exposed to me the things that I really want. And I see those fears as a barrier that I've had to get through. But the fear has always existed for me. And I've had to take action despite it. I've had to do it scared in life. And so with most of the things that I've set about to do in my life, like even starting this podcast, I was so nervous. I was so like freaking out. Like, am I wasting my time? Am I doing a good thing? Am I providing value to the world? I have all those questions just like you probably have, like all those doubts that come up when you want to try something new. I just want you to know that I feel that all the time myself, every single time I try something new, I get little doubts into my mind, I question myself and it does require a lot of thought work and mindset work just to like bring myself back to a place where, well, do you know what, Francis, like you've only got one life to live. You have to give it a go. If it's on your heart and it's on your mind, you have to at least try. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. They don't have to see or understand my dreams because those dreams are mine alone. They're not for other people to understand. They don't need to understand. And so I just, that's a really good truth to end with the fact that I do feel scared often and that is okay. I sometimes get nervous, but I take the action anyway. And it's so amazing to see how courage comes from moving through that fear. You're not supposed to have courage or confidence before you take action, but it comes through taking action. So if you ever feel nervous about anything in life, just know that those nerves and those fears are totally normal. I know I feel them. I'm sure that other people do as well. But the most important thing is that you take action despite your fears because those fears are normal. I'm telling you, I feel them on a daily basis. I take action anyway. Well, at least I have for the last few years and it's been a game changer because the fears sort of like, not that they evaporate totally, but you start to see that you can move through them. And when you get to the other side, you realize that there wasn't anything really to be that scared of. And it really is true that everything you want lies on the other side of fear. So I do hope that this episode has been valuable to you. I have loved sharing these extra truths about me. Not everyone knows it, but I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to share them with you, my friend. So take care. You know, I love and appreciate you all. And I can't wait to catch you in the next episode. Until next time, take care and dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com, where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friend.